I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, you made a road. You made a rare. You don't get out much now. You're pretty much river, uh, river. What would you call it? A river, river rat. River rat. River heavy. River bound. You, you stay I down here. My, I hit my mid seventies, and I would say I'm in a coasting mode. <laughs> I'm just coasting. <laughs> I'm coasting. I, I'm not. I don't get too fired up, jumping up and down, running, beating the air. You're, you're kind of in a glide. You're gliding to the to the finish line. I right? spent some time beating the air, you know, like this. <laughs> but, but Phil, now, most of the time when you're coasting, that means a jet engine has blown. <laughs> Speaking of jets, we got on one, and we were from we were in Louisiana, and thirty. The four minutes later, we're sitting in the middle of Arkansas, and I said, "You know what?" I said, "Oh, that's a nice way to travel." McConnell, you know, we Phil. There was a time in your life when you when you couldn't go to Arkansas. Oh, you were banned, <laughs> outlawed. <laughs> now you're pre, flying in. I was spent about a year never crossing that Arkansas line. I'm gonna tell you the truth. <laughs> was I always say you were working on your testimony? That's what you I said, said that at the, at the funeral. At the funeral, I said I, that. Look, I, I had to stop and think about that. I thought, what did he mean by that? Oh, okay. <laughs> what hit he me was, was <laughs> for the first time ever, it finally dawned on me because the young bucks would come up, long line. I'm signing this book, Uncanceled. Yep. It's an excellent sin, book, by the way. Everybody's sins, and God cancels them. And the price he chose is the blood of himself. That's how seriously he takes sin. Valid at one point. point. But anyway, yeah, they point. would walk up and... Oh. And over and over, the younger bucks, there, they'd be about mid-20s. They would say, Mr. Robinson, I just want to let you know, y'all saved my life, you know, with that podcast and all that, you know, going through these Bible verses. said, the light went off, and I am here to stay. He said, look at this. And he handed me one of them, handed me a picture. Quite a few of them did it. But it was a picture of me with them. And he said, right here I am, right there in that picture. I was four, Mr. Robertson. Wow. Four years old. Now he was 25. Now he's 25. Thus the he coast. Said, I, have, I have seen the error of my ways, and your warnings have struck me. And he said, I am thankful that you're still here on the earth. He said, you and your boys, you and, you and your sons, you know. I mean, they were going back to pictures that were taken. They were three and four years old, Al. What you say, Dad, before we got on, uh, started recording? You said you never felt more famous. <laughs> yeah. I said, I think I'm beginning to get famous. Dad, you're kind of a big deal. I, I don't know. That. I don't know if you need time. Some of them, some of them called up and said, "Tell, tell uh, Miss K, tell Phil he's getting way too skinny." And I thought, he said, "You I know, is he on the edge of death?" And I was thinking, I weigh the same thing. I weigh what I'm supposed to weigh on the chart. Everybody's chart one sixty five, six three, one sixty five. But you know, um, six three one sixty five is a little too skinny in my opinion. I told you that. I was like, you need to eat. Well, you're not eating as much. But just I say, I think say if you're six. I mean, I'm six one, and I'm one eighty. I'm. I, I was I'm just gonna keep mine. <laughs> my, 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 my senior year in high I'm school. I'm working on. Yeah, we I'm need not, to I'm put not cricket. On mine it, I don't ever try to edit. My, my senior year in college, I was my playing weight football player was was I was six two and a half six three one sixty five. I weigh. Bill, that's exactly what you, I weigh. I'm now. into recruiting. I'm into sports. I'm into if you're. If a recruit is they sign a recruit and he's 6'3", 165, the first thing on the recruiting board would be like put we some need weight put, on that. Put a little weight on him. Well, you got to remember something. I say one eighty. Yeah, but see, see the dad's coast. These arms used to be just, just I mean, piddling up hoop nets. Oh, Phil, I saw them. See, see the muscles. Oh, yeah. Well, look, well look, you lost look, half of one there. Look, right here, all this tore loose. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Go to the doctor and have him sew it up? You just suck it up. It heals back, but there's a big hole in my. Yeah, hey, you got a unicep I, instead well, of Phil, a bicep. But that was a once in a life. I mean, muscles are tearing, Jace. They're getting older, dude. Muscles. Boy, you need to get beef back up. I said, why, to tear out another muscle? This is why I told you. Look, so we. Miss K, she's got her hands all wrapped up. She's had her again. I'm trying to pivot here. I say bumblebee, and and she one runs it out of me. She said, my finger's crooked. And I looked at her and said, honey, 
I said, I'm not a doctor. I said, but you've, you've broken a couple of tendons, tendon or two, and that's pulled loose. That's why your finger it will always be that way. In other words, I said, you got to get your finger pulled back over, tie that together. The doctor does. I said, they can fix it. I said, but she said, well, did I break it? I said, you didn't break it. The tendons broke. And, and that's so you didn't I, put it in a, bo- a pot of boiling water? It just slammed on one side right there, right there, you know. <laughs> you know, 75-year-old woman, what are you going to do? So anyway, <laughs> she goes up, and they look at it, and they said, all right, surgery, they got her all lined up. She can't do anything. We, I've got to take care of her now. Well, that's good. The same, yeah. six weeks. You know, that's good. You're getting the well, payback. I think if, if I would rephrase that and say I get the opportunity to take care of her now. You know, it's all bundled up and got a thing on, you know, where you know, so she's grabbing her dogs, you know, on one hand. <laughs> yeah. So she she was not at the funeral. I'm preparing you boys ready for when your woman starts to fall apart, you'll yeah. be there to pick up the Well, pieces. I'm I'm glad you're setting the setting the pace for that. Uh, yeah, we had so our Aunt Mary, um, is um who is Uncle Harold, which is dad's older brother, who's already passed on, um, moved on. He um his wife um made the crossover and so we had her funeral. This yeah. week, and Jason and I were two of the pallbearers, as well as I spoke and Gordon spoke. Zach's yeah, y'all dad. did a did a fantastic. I thought job. it was pretty good. I mean, it was kind yeah. of fun for me because, uh, of course, Terry Davis, our old our old pal from university, he led the singing, and boy, he he was he was getting after it because it was kind well, of like a little small country type church. And yeah, think that's being generous. <laughs> when I saw the sign, when I pulled up in the parking you, you lot, tell and, about and the sign said. If you think it's hot here, <laughs> try hell. <Yeah. laughs> that's what said, it said, Zach. That's, that's just, I was like, yeah, well, there's no. nothing more inviting than that. Come on in here. I saw that sign. I said, okay. I, 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 well, it made me start thinking in my mind, because look, this is a true story. So in a weird turn of events, I played in a golf tournament in the same town. I mean, it, it's several miles away from where we live. I heard that. I heard you were there. So I, the next day, right. I was up there playing in a golf tournament. Right. Huh. So all, which is five hours of my life, I'll never get back. <laughs> we didn't win. So when I'm coming back, well, right down the road from from that church building, yeah, different denominational church. Look, I I wrote, I pulled over and wrote down. <laughs> What the sign said here. So we're say, I'd say as a crow flies, this was probably 10 miles from, from that building. It said, here's how it started. Sign man quit. Too hot. <laughs> Don't go to hell. It's hotter. <laughs> Just break that down. Well, sign so, man quit. Sign so there's sign man quit because so, it was too hot to change, but... Yeah. Here's just, but I'm going to make. The substitute, the substitute reminded said, you that hell is hotter. Hell's hotter. Don't <laughs> well, go there. I, I don't badmouth anybody that talks about hell because, you know, it's a motivator to get people. We don't want to go, right. that's for sure. Well, it's true, but it made me think. I mean, we're in Hebrews 10, but it may, it did make me think, where is the, where's the balance in that? I mean, because the whole book of Hebrews if you read the whole thing, it's about Jesus is better. That should be yep. your point of message right. is a person. You're introducing a person. Now, in Hebrews 10, it gets oh, to— Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about judgment and hell, yeah. But, but he's still—what is the point? I mean, I, I, I just—look, for fun, I look— It's like the Jesus, like the old when they say in journalism, you never want to bury the lead— the the lead is what comes out. That's the headline, the opening story of a newscast. That's the lead, yeah. which is Jesus' spirit. But you're right. The other is a story, but it shouldn't well, be the we lead. we kind of say sometimes chuckle, but Jace said, where's the line? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't do that, Jace. But to save the world now we're through talking. him. I Who, think, and, and, here, and here's Jesus talking. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict, Jace. The verdict is announced before Jesus even gets there. But when he's there, Jesus is talking here. This is him talking. This is the verdict. Lights come into the world. That's himself. But men 
it's a, it's a sad thing, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he's done has been done through God. He said the verdict is people are sinful and they won't come to the one who's come down to save them. Jace, so do just, we agree on there that? Is, there is a heaven and there is a hell, and there's the... There's, oh, I, thought you, I thought you were agreeing with me, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> no, I'm just showing you that <laughs> a lot of those the verdict later. is, <laughs> yeah. most people, Jace, you know, when you bring up Jesus, you know what they do? Look, nope. Thumbs yeah, down. I know, but Thumbs down, down, what I'm listen. saying is, if a guy's driving down the road and he reads that sign, I don't think that's working. I don't think... They're saying, oh, let me get in that air conditioning. Get in there and get in some air conditioning and turn my life over to Jesus. I just don't think it's working. Well, why would somebody so. tell me, somebody's, a lot of them, said, y'all y'all, y'all on that podcast saved my life. Well, I think so, that's, No, we didn't save. He said, oh. Because I think we're we focusing Jesus. on Jesus, which is yep. the author and perfecter yep. of our faith. Look, I wrote down a few more. Young hu- bucks, humor right me. Now. I did this before, but I wrote down a few more just to make the point. Now, these are ones I looked up online. And look, this took two minutes. Yeah. So it wasn't like I scoured the internet. But I just thought I would. There's, there's a theme here, and I think it's funny, but kind of disturbing. All right, traffic report. So this is the sign. Traffic report, semicolon. So so you're now going to get a traffic report from the local congregation. There's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven. Yeah. That was the traffic report. Traffic report. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fun. It's pretty good. And two pretty good tunes, too. All right. Do you spend your time, this is the next one, in God's book? All right. That sounds great. Or Facebook? That's a fair question. <laughs> That's loving it. I know. Well, uh, the, so that I was think another. Now you know who the signs are designed. So that was another one right one, below that. that one said, I'm weeded out because I I don't have a a um, hookup. Yeah. To, to, to what, well, what right. Well, about. here here's another one. I threw this one in there because it was a lot like it. It said, "Tweet as you want to be tweeted." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. This that's is both, this is that's for the pun and this is for the theologian. Now, you got to remember, you're driving down the road, right? Yep. So you have to process this. Right. Acting perfect in church is like dressing up for an X-ray. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll quote Peter. First Peter one eighteen. Jace, you listening? I'm listening. Uh, I'm just stunned hey, that you're taking hey, up. Hang on, that, hang up. We read that. Let's let's take our first break. So we've talked about for a while. Uh, one of our sponsors called Helix Sleep. Uh, they have a tremendous mattress, and I think maybe the last time we did an ad, uh, Dad, you said, "Hey, get me one of those. I need to try that." I have. Uh, it's at my house. We're going to bring it down for you and mom to try. So I can't wait for you to try it. Jason and I have uh, been sleeping on Helix mattresses for a pretty good while now. Love uh, them. Really, really comfortable. Love them. Really great. Uh, very simple. You just you go to their website, uh, which is helixsleep.com. You're going to take a very short quiz. I think it's three questions. And they're going to figure out exactly what you need. And they're going to ship it straight to you. So go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. And they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Uh, They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll pick it up if you don't love it, but you're going to love it. So it's Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash unashamed. $200 off, two free pillows, and a good night's sleep. Jace, since you call on a father, verse 17 in First Peter 1, who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives here, Jace, as strangers here in reverent fear. 
<laughs> I, I'm not. It's okay to be fear, afraid of God. Yeah. Well, you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. You were saved, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times, Jace. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. So Sam was right. <laughs> nothing wrong with reverent fear, according to Peter. Correct. I, I'm not this That's two. I, I, I knew this was going to be an issue. I didn't know it was going to be quite this drastic. All right, so listen to this one. Because here I'm reading between the lines. God is for recycling. So this sounds like to me, before I read the, the button, we have... <laughs> Recycled, <laughs> uncancelled, <laughs> sins are removed. All right, I'm just, I'm just gonna read it. Oh. He made you from dust. I was just gonna say it sounded like there was somebody pro recycling, and they tried to make a point for us to recycle because God yeah, recycled us out of, us out of dust. That's but anyway, all right. Well, here's a positive one, Phil. Don't give up. Well, that's a great statement to put on a sign, right? Yep. Moses was once a basket case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did that because we're in Hebrews, and Jesus is greater than Moses. But anyway, I only have two more. <laughs> so this was one I should have said earlier. I skipped over this one, but it said, always remember that hell is just not cool. He's got a he's got a fair point, Jace. Okay. <laughs> Screaming and hollering for mercy, but too late. Oh, yeah, that ain't okay. cool. All right. So here's the whole reason I read these. This next one, because this was long, and you got to remember this is on a sign, and you're driving. It says honk if you love Jesus. No, I think that's great. Yeah, I like this. I do too. Then the next part says. Texting while driving. Oh, no, hang on. Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my point. Aren't you doing the very thing that you're saying? Because you're, you're, you're reading this out. a distraction. <laughs> You've just made a text in a different form. Yep. Which is a danger, right? You need to be in park when you're reading the scriptures. So the last one I'm going to read is, our sign broke, come inside for the message. And my point is, I just don't think that, that people are doing that. Well, here's my theory about signs. They're really put up there for the people that go there, that meet there. Well, you know, they come know. in, they say, oh, who, who, did Jim put that up there? I mean, it's more of a conversation piece. Is for that them. what it is? That's what it is. I mean, they... they well, why well, are you just now telling me this? Well, that's just what I've always I, thought. I mean, they may say they're trying to do this for the community, but nobody's even paying attention. Or if they do, they just roll their eyes. But the people that go there, they're proud of it. I, I, I'm telling I, you. I, I just don't... I, I don't get they it. They wouldn't put it up there if they weren't. I, I is that right, think... Zach? Is, is my theory probably right? I don't know. I got, I got post-traumatic stress syndrome after that, after that whole episode there. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Just watching the interaction was interesting. It's about it was, as hard as I've laughed oh, in a very long time. <laughs> I guess I've always viewed us as being called out from the world and to be messengers, to be sent out, to be ambassadors. I feel like wherever we go, we're sharing Jesus. That that was the way God has chosen to speak, not not in some kind of informational, intellectual, or even a group-themed place, but he chose to speak to us through his son. We we hear about Jesus. We're, we're moved not just with our emotions, but with our intellect and then our heart. We just... we. Which is what is most important to us, and we we. we but in fairness to Dad's point, I mean, Jesus Himself mentions hell quite a bit. 
He does. I mean, I'm not disagreeing and, with that. I, I'm. I mean, you can't. You I, can't I believe can't. hell's real and there's a real place, but I. And and it and people will go. But there. I'm with you. But I, I think the lead is always has to be Jesus, who he is, why he came, why we follow him, and then you get into the what you don't want to do. You know, the, but if you don't, if you don't understand who he is, you're not going to understand any why you would do anything different anyway. I mean, I, mean, I think point. there's nothing wrong with hell or your death getting your attention. You don't hear many hellfire sermons anymore. I mean, it's. I mean, when I was young. I mean, it got my attention. I mean, because I thought, boy, I don't want to, I don't want to wind up there. But you know, once I surrendered and experienced Jesus, it became much more about the good news. I kind of never liked the idea. I don't know what y'all think about this, but and a lot of groups do this um, of like taking little kids and basically just making it so scary that they're like, you know crying and I don't want to go, you know, when they're very young. I just don't know. I just don't know no, psychologically. I, I know. I'm vehemently opposed I, to I, that. I never I, liked that. So anything I ever did, we never did that. I, I don't mind telling them stories and trying to aim them, but, you know, they hadn't gotten mature enough to even understand. Why am I trying to literally scare the hell out of them? They don't even have hell in them yet. I mean, to you well, know. It, it, I mean, it's, a, it's an appropriate motivation to a degree, like fear is. I mean, the fear of hell <laughs> is, is a real It's a real threat, and it's a, and True. like Phil said, you know, that to have a reverence for that is is a good thing. I don't think it's a it's a sustaining thing that with us. I think that we have to. I think what's going to sustain a believer is is to see the behold the beauty of God, you know. But there is warnings in Scripture about hell. There's a lot of warnings about hell, and um, it, it's been pretty controversial. Probably in our culture, you know, it's it's not popular to talk about hell because it's um, it's not. I mean, it is. It's it's a it's a scary concept, but I think a I think a balanced view. I think in the past maybe it was too too much of a focus on hell, not uh, not the not the redemption side of, of what in the hope in Christ and the beauty of who God is and in, in His inner life. Uh, but maybe in the last twenty years, maybe we've gone too far the other way, and we don't talk about that that our God is a God who demands justice, and and He is the wrath of God the is text. a real attribute. You know. I believe the text that says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. True. It's a it's a it's a healthy thing. Right. There's someone bigger than you and you're on the earth and he made it and he formed you in your mother's womb. You better listen to what he has to say. And that goes all the way back by law. You know, honor your father and mother, especially when it comes to scriptures. And we're going to talk quite a bit about that when we get to Hebrews 12. The idea there, though, I've always thought of that as like our relationship with you, Dad. I mean, we, I, I feared you. I guess when I was younger, it was more because I didn't want to be disciplined. But I've realized through the years, I still have the same thing. But I, I'm not afraid of you physically doing something to me. But I had the respect I had that yep. was earned when you were my father. But it was more out of love than I was just mortified to be in your presence. So I feel it's the same way with God. And but, now since you've raised your own children, you tend to get it. Well, exactly. And I have my own grandchildren. Yeah. So the way I look at it is I, I don't want to go to prison. Do y'all? I mean, would y'all would y'all want to go to prison? Maybe stay there a couple of years? Under law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So I don't want to do that, but, it's, but that's not what motivates me to yeah. be a law keeper and not hurt people or steal. From but it people. is in the back of your mind. It's there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, that's why we have the system we have. So I feel like it's kind of like that with this. I mean, my motivation, I'm not totally motivated by that, but it's there. You know, mm. if you ever got in a situation you weren't sure, I don't want to wind up in that situation at all. I mean, I think that's a fair point, but I mean, I'm like, how about some, I mean, it's okay to be a little more positive. I mean, I, I just don't think somebody's going to read that and pull. I'm not one person, right? Zero. I well, think zero people will read that and pull in and say, "You know what? No, I, I, that did it." But I'm not big on the sound bites in general. I think when we do these kind of, we want to reduce these complex conversations to to sound bites. Yeah, to side. me, that's like a that's an old version of a sound bite. I'm going to put this up here, and it's kind of a zinger, and it, and it does come across. I think it can come across as. Um, as not loving and arrogant because when you read the warnings in scripture, I mean, read, read Paul's warnings, read, read Paul's words in Romans nine. Paul's like, I mean, it's a strong warning in Romans chapter nine oh, yeah. uh, for his own people, but God, he's mm -hmm. Paul's like, man, I, if, if I could be accursed 
for my own people, I would. And so you see in the warning there is just saturated in in love and compassion. Um, you know, Paul, I mean, uh, what's the word? Um, like there's like this. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the word. Not not a, it's it, it, it's a it's a mourning almost. You know what I mean? It's like it, it shows the heart of God. I believe God wants all of us to repent. He's not, you know, pining the sin. He does he wants us to be in heaven with him. Let's take another break. So there's a lot of uh, people rushing around, I think, because of inflation, high interest rates are starting to go up, you know, and so people are kind of worried about it, and they should be. Uh, and so one of our sponsors is a company called Scoremaster, and what they do is help you get your credit score raised if you're going to go and, you know, buy a big product like a house or a boat or a car or something like that. They have what they call the three-week rule, and so they say wait three weeks before you buy it, go to them. They're going to get that credit score down, which helps you get the best interest rate you can get. And these days, more than ever, that's very, very important. Uh, you can raise on average uh, 61 points by using ScoreMaster. Zach and I have both used it, and, uh, and, and we raised our score even more than that and saved ourselves a lot of money. So if you're going to buy something, especially now in this, uh, before the market may get bad or before the housing market gets bad, check them out scoremaster.com slash fill you're going to get a special seven day trial so that scoremaster.com slash fill scoremaster.com slash fill he does the same thing zach in second corinthians at the end of the book because these these guys are there and they're not good people and they're they're false teachers is what he calls them but he's just pleading you know, with the brothers there, <clears throat> listen yeah. to what I'm telling you. But he says some pretty harsh stuff, you know, to try to get their attention. Well, Y'all have to get ready because we're in Hebrews 10, <clears throat> verse 26 says, uh, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we see receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You read this. Well, that's why I brought this up. Yeah, we're going to have to, when we get to there, you say, whew, whew. Well, I think we're here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what I was going to say, though. I'll tell you is... quickly, I'm, I'm afraid of God. I love him. I respect him. But I fear him. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's healthy. I mean, he's, right. I mean, I'm not arguing that. But what I'm saying is the context of Hebrews 10, I mean, the next two verses after that is kind of the point when he Actually, you have to go yep. back. Well, we will, but I just want to, since he, since he brought it up. But he said, how much more, or, well, verse 28, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Yep. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished and here's what I think is the key phrase, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. I mean, this whole thing has been about the consequences of turning your back on Jesus. That's it. And That's the key. So, I mean, I think if you put, because I've heard these sermons, you know, back when I was young about like not meeting together, you know, cause 25 said, let us not give up the uh, meeting together. Some in the habit of doing, and this verse you just read, if we deliberately keep on sinning, well, it's like they get so detached from the whole book of what it was about, which was abandoning Jesus. I mean, trust me, if you abandon Jesus, there's all sorts of problems right. of which one, one, Major one is what happens at the end of, of time. But I just think that was his point. He kept making it and illustrated it in different ways. But it kept coming back to you have your old yeah. system versus Jesus. And if you kind of look at everything in that vein, I just think that would be more helpful. Well, this, this, yeah, this, uh, this verse is connected, I think, to our discussion on Hebrews 6 because he's talking about a particular – person here or type of person here correct and he clarifies who it is he it says who has trampled underfoot the son of god and has regarded as unclean 
He's, he's regarding something as unclean. What is it? it? The blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified. So number one, we do know that the person that he's talking about is someone who has um, been covered in covenantial blood. And if you think, what is a covenant? That's that promise that we've talked about so much in Scripture that the God that He talks about that God makes a covenant with us and and He seals that covenant with blood going back to the Passover. Then Jesus, of course, foreshadowing and Jesus. That's and the his only blood, blood that, that would do it. It's the only blood that would do it. So you receive this covenantial blood, and this covenantial blood sanctifies. It sets this person apart, yep. and this person has the Holy Spirit because you insult the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. That's a capital lesson in my Bible. Um, it's it's to take that and to have that and then to reject that. And I, I think this is what Jesus was talking about in uh, Matthew 12 when he says that if if you blaspheme, he says, I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, but blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven. I think what the, what he's talking about here, it's the ultimate rejection of God's revelation via that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's to say, I've tasted the goodness of the word of God and the heavenly age and the power with that whole Hebrews six passage. I've tasted that. I've received that. And you know what? It's just not enough. I need more. And I think his point here is there ain't more. Like he, you've, you've missed the boat. No, I There's nothing left for you yeah. but fearful ex, uh, judgment. You know what it reminds me of when I was doing the youth ministry uh, years ago? I mean, I did it for, I don't know, I can't even remember, 10 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. I'd just go up there because really nobody else wanted to. They're like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> I mean, when you're 12 to 17, it's just so difficult. <clears throat> what I was amazed at, what was so frustrating Speaking of this idea of, of f focusing on Jesus and what that means, it's like they would be, some of them would be so depressed and so down and just, so you, I, I try to share things about Jesus and they're like, yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah, I, well, I know he died for my sins and I mean, you know, I'm going to heaven and all this, but I mean, I can't get a boyfriend or I, it's like, it's like they had the, the knowledge, but it wasn't real. And, and I feel that's kind of a little bit of what's going on. Cause when you say, well, yeah, focus on Jesus, but all of them knew all the scriptures and, but it, they haven't, they hadn't given their heart to a point to where this crossed over into something that was directly affecting them. It, it's like, because they would just say the silliest things over and over. It's like, yeah, but I, and they would just have something going on at school and somebody, it was just so, you're like, what? But that showed you that their most important thing in their life was their their popularity right. and their friends and their, and it was just Jesus, even though they had all that knowledge, and even you could get into the heaven and the hell. They know there's a heaven and a hell. It doesn't matter. It, it was not something that they had become, you know, real, that had become real in their life. And so I guess my point is somehow, you know, through this letter to, to these, these people who were trying to come out of this system and focus on Jesus and in our own life, there's got to be a real connection where somehow it goes from the paper to the to the heart and the experience and that's just what the difficulty is here i mean it, it's i mean if y'all have ideas on how to do that <clears throat> well i've got one uh, let's take a break we're talking a lot about uh proclaiming because uh, we're proclaimers of the gospel and, and all of us teach and, and preach as well. Uh, but one of the things, you know, sometimes you can do as a proclaimer, is just what you wear. Uh, it proclaims to people and uh, our unashamed merch uh, does just that. And uh, it proclaims that you're part of unashamed nation. In fact, I was noticing, I went to look at all the merchandise and there are some uh, unashamed nation shirts. And so it's a great thing because somebody's like, what is an unashamed nation? It gives you an opportunity to tell them about the podcast. So we'd like for you to be uh, unashamed proclaimers. And the way you can do that, if you want to check out our merch, is go to unashamedmerch, M-E-R-C-H dot com. 
Use the code UNASHAMED10, and you're going to get 10% off uh, whatever you buy. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get 20% off your purchases uh, by using the code BLAZESUB. So that's another uh, good reason uh, to be a subscriber and get our overtime stuff as well. So check it out, unashamedmerch.com. Uh, is compare the rich young ruler in Matthew 19 to Zacchaeus in Luke 19. You got two guys here. Both of them approach Jesus. One is is what we would call a good guy. I mean, he was successful. I assumed he looked good. He was wealthy. He kept the law by his own admission. Jesus asked him. He's like, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he, everybody looks at him. He's great. He said, what do I like? He said, sell your stuff and follow me. So he was confronted. It got real there. It got real. Well, and it, you know what why, it said? He walked away sadly because why, he was a man of great wealth. That's why I did not go around telling people about Jesus <clears throat> when I first became a Christian. It took me a while. But I just noticed the more I spoke of him, the more persecution came my way. I started to be persecuting, persecuted for just telling, pointing them to Jesus. And they would and then they'd start quoting Bible verses, and all of a sudden, people will start labeling you this and that and the other. And with the persecution in, in my own life, the more I was persecuted, the more I knew I was on the right side of this. I said, I'm on the right side of this. I'm loving them enough to tell them about Jesus, and they're cursing me and doing unkind things. It helped me greatly. When I saw it, I said, anytime you're persecuted for something for no reason, why would they do that? Well, then I began to understand spiritual warfare and my fear of God and my love for God all started to meld together. And I said, the ones who love God, they also fear him because they're looking at people who reject him and their lives are just pathetic what they're doing. And they're saying, I, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm yeah, like, but, but, how's life going for you? They say it's the most miserable thing there is. I mean, but but there's I, a crossover is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying the only that's thing- a perfect example of that, Jace, because you, you were raised in a home for the first 18 years of your life. You heard about Jesus? Yeah. Now, you, you didn't know him. That's right. Fully, but you heard about him. That's right. Your family heard about him. See, when, that's what I think's going on here. Right. That, that To Zach's point, when it goes back to Hebrews 6, and everybody, you know, Thinks, oh, it's controversy. I mean, this is saying a person can't come back if they. It's not. It. it it's. There's a point to where you're. You have just enough knowledge of God's plan and Jesus, but it's not real to you. That's right. It, and it you, wasn't real for Dad till for ten years it, later it, till he was twenty eight. Yeah, faced with loss. That is correct. Because you think about you know he talks about heart. You know he wrote them on the you know the laws on your heart and he, all the scriptures talk about heart. Heart really. Because back then there was a you know a big debate with the Greeks and the Romans. They had all these philosophies, you know. It's one you know one group, the Epicureans and Stoics, all these groups. One of them's like it's all about emotions, you know, and your feelings and coming to deal. Then the other group's like, no, it's all about the mind and how you process. You have to suppress the emotions, and it just when you look at all these philosophies through the history of the world, everyone's trying to process how we're supposed to approach life. And here's God coming in with this, talking about the heart. Well, when you look at the heart, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, or that trust in the Lord with all your heart. In the Bible, it's usually centered around, that's what you've put as first important. Your heart is about what you've decided to say, you know what, this is the most important thing. Which in I think in Hebrews he's like God's message to you was speaking to you through the the most important thing First Corinthians fifteen whatever is Jesus His Son. So and that's it, <clears throat> to my point earlier. Everybody that looked at this rich young ruler Matthew nineteen thought that his heart was where it should be until he was confronted by Jesus that his heart really was about his wealth because he walked away from Jesus. He's like I'm not giving up my stuff. It so shocked the apostles, the disciples there, that they said, who then can be saved? They looked as like, if this guy can't make it, 
and he and Jesus, remember what he said? With with man, this is impossible, but with God, yeah. all things are possible. Meaning that without Jesus, it cannot be done. So let me finish my point. So you go to Luke 19, you see Zacharias, who's a tax collector, which means he was not loved by anyone, except maybe his family. He wanted to get a look at Jesus. He's very short. I'm imagining being bald and fat too, but that's just my imagination. He climbs up a tree to see Jesus. Jesus looks up and says, hey, I'm coming to your house today. You need to get down off that tree. I mean, he comes down. He welcomes him in his home. Jesus doesn't say anything to him about what he needs to do. And immediately, you know what he said? I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, which I guarantee you he had, I'm going to give them four times what I owe. Now, he just did that straight out of, I, I want to be with this man, Jesus. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this man's house because yep. he is the child of Abraham. So I, I love the contrast of those two mm -hmm. hearts. One had everything it seemed like on earth you needed, but no Jesus. The other one had uh, everything he needed, but decided Jesus was more. And I looked down at my conversion and then I said, uh, so what text was it that you, you read? You say, good night. I'm going to have to get, a, get away from these old boys I've been running with. No, that ain't the way it worked. When I came to Jesus, I concluded that the people I run with, I have to be very careful with how they roll. <laughs> That's right. So all of a sudden, the ones that were hollering about, let's go get drunk high and late or whatever, all of a sudden, my, my, my group, it's not those. It was the same ones that had just come to Jesus or the old-timers telling me what— I said, I want to get on a different path here. And, but, but see, I wasn't that, that's when it I became real. I didn't read a, a verse that said, get away from, you know, don't ha have nothing to do with them. I didn't read that. I knew I had to point. change yeah. who I ran with. That's my point about going back to the signs on the church buildings. I mean, what happened, and to illustrate my point, when you read the Gospels and the book of Acts, there the way Jesus interacted and his followers— and then you read the response in the book of Acts. It just wasn't the model that we're projecting today. Like there's a small group of people in here, or maybe even a large group. And, you know, we'll put an occasional message on a sign or whatever. It just doesn't seem like the same formula to me. It, it seems ritualistic instead of this real life change where you're meeting in homes and you're sharing what you have and, all the believers are in, have that Jesus central message, not just in their mind, but just in their walk throughout, you know, their communities. I mean, that was just my take on it. I mean, I'm not against buildings and I'm not against gathering, and I I get it. We do that, but just if you read the Gospels and the Book of Acts, it just seemed a little more dynamic. Well, let us take our last break. Also, James, wouldn't it be safe to say, it's pretty fair to say, most people are led to Christ by people that love them. Yep. Whether it's somebody in your family, some, a friend, 100%. people like us. That's why Jesus I mean, we're doing said, this podcast all men will know you by your yeah. love for one another. Exactly. So that's what I was getting back to. Even though those are correct statements, hell is hotter than it is. I mean, global warming is evidently something, and hell's hotter. Okay, yeah. But I'm just saying most people, if not all, they're not going to sense love at all from read. They're like, oh, I mean, like like uh, Zach said earlier, it comes across as arrogant and not loving. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't think the Hebrew writer comes across that way at all. I not mean, if at you all. Read, if yeah. you read where the where this statement is located in in the middle of great encouragement. Um, and so, yeah, he drips these warnings in there. And two, let's keep in mind, I mean, I, I do think he is not, this is not something that I think that the, he, I don't think the Hebrew writer is writing this to, particularly in this part of Hebrews 10, this is not to someone who is just a reprobate. I mean, he's writing this to people who have experienced um, the knowledge of truth. Uh, these are people who have uh, under covenantial blood. Uh, these are people who have been sanctified. These are people who possess the indwellment of the Holy Spirit. So these are not like just some guy, random Joe riding down the street. This is a warning to somebody who who has tasted in the goodness of God. That's why when he gives the warning in verse 32, he comes back with this 
three-letter word that is very important. It's B-U-T, but. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict and suffering, um, partly being made a public spectacle, uh, to Phil's point earlier about the persecution, through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession. So here's the lifting up, a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for we, uh, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. And then he basically, when we move into Hebrews 11, he's going to kind of double down on what that promise yep. is and this call to, hey, yeah. it's going to be tough. Well, but he's talking to believers here. Yeah. I mean, I think we got to, I mean, this is a, it's a different context than saying, putting on a sign where just everybody's coming down the street well, reading. And these people had some <clears> kind of knowledge. I mean, this thing God. my buddies told me was, when they showed up after about I was converted about a year, the first thing that came out of their mouth, you're on some kind of, don't tell us, you're on one of these religious kicks. That's the way they framed it. I remember the wordage. You're on some kind of religious kick. I said, I think it's more than that. I said, I said the one y'all are looking for, he's died. he died, and he's been buried. He's gone. Well, they all yeah. looked at each other and said, man, they rolled their eyes. There I go, so we're talking to... This is the uh, the new you. I said, you got yeah. it. This is the new me. I said, I'm not going anywhere with y'all. Hit the it's road. A, right. I did convert one 12 years later. He said, man, you, you're still there? I said, I'm still there. He said, I want to hear the story. You, you tell me. The reason he did that, because the doctor told him he could die at any point with an aneurysm near his heart. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So when death came his way, he said, tell me about uh, this Jesus, what, what exactly he wanted to know then. Yeah. Well, I preached the gospel to him, baptized him, and he fell dead two months later. And that's what I'm saying. Well, it confronts, when something confronts your heart and life, then you're ready to have the discussion. I mean, that's my point. But but I think this I think this hits at a, at this issue that Jace is bringing up a lot. I, I agree with with your point on this that it, like we got to understand that the that the heart is something that has to be um, tended to like anything else. And I think the warning here it's not the warning is not hey it, watch out if you sin too much God's going to kick you out. That's not the warning. The warning is like I mean you got to you got to prepare your heart. You got to give your heart to Jesus. This is not just an intellectual assent. It's not just the reception of knowledge. Uh, it, it's yeah. more. God wants to to transform your heart, and that's why the appeal. If you read kind of the the context, and, and you can kind of see in the Hebrew writer's psyche of his motivation, yeah. it's it's an appeal now, to like, bring your heart now into this. My love of God is more powerful to me than my fear of God. Right. Well, thank you. Correct. I wanted just to look to go back to your point, Zach, in Hebrews ten, when he says, "I'll put my laws in their hearts and write them on their mind." Sixteen, but then he says, you know, he's quote from Jeremiah thirty-one: "Their sins and lawless acts I'll remember no more." Well, what's the whole previous section talking about? He's talking about you know one through four of chapter ten, saying this is this is why what the law and its sacrifice cannot do; it cannot. Cleanse your conscience from the guilt of your sin. Well, then when he gets to about verse 10 through the end, he's saying, but Jesus did that. Well, think about it in real life. What is the hardest thing for even Christians to wrap their head around? That they've been forgiven completely. I mean, if it's hard for the believers to wrap your head around that. So that's why when it gets down to, you know, the these the churches we were kind of throwing under the bus here with these signs when it says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive knowledge of the truth, but that's coming off the fact that it's hard for people to get in their mind, the grace of God. It's just hard to do. I mean, he's like, Jesus cleanse my conscience completely. 100%. No matter what I yeah. did. I, I know I've had many conversations with people in the church who say, I just can't believe that. And I think that's why you see the consequences of that. Because if you can't believe that, what, what what's your alternative? What and, and think about this. Look at the verse 18, though. Tie 18 to 26 directly. Right after you read that, you remember their sins no more. And where these have been forgiven, 
he said, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. What's he talking about? He's talking about no more bulls and goats, no more going in with the blood, no all that. Yeah. Now drop down 26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. He makes the same statement. What that means is you can't be forgiven under the old system. Yeah. Without you know what? Jesus, it will not hey, work. Do you want me to give you a really cool Greek reference? You know, I've been, I look up these Greek words that are used in unusual ways. So this is the perfect lead in because you're, you're going to be, this is one of those <gasps> moments. Well, you want to do that on the, on the next time? No, we <laughs> got two time. minutes. Got I want to do it because look. All right. I don't want to jump we'll, on your time. This is we'll called bringing it, it home. <laughs> and we're going to unpack it in, in the three, <laughs> listen to this. It says these sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So they were doing these sacrifices. But you see that word reminder? These sacrifices are an annual, the word reminder there? Yep. It's the same Greek word that is used in Luke twenty-two nineteen, First 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. Do you know what those are in reference to? When the Lord said, do this in remembrance. remembrance of me. Same word. So this one, it's impossible. But with Jesus, oh, it's possible. Yep. And I mean, I, when I saw that's that, a, when I word. saw that, I thought, oh, wow. Because why? Because it's hard for us to wrap our head around being completely forgiven. That's why the Lord, it was his idea, not ours. He instituted the Lord's Supper. What do we do when we take the Lord's Supper? We try to deal with the fact that, yes, Jesus is so it. awesome. We need his blood. We have gone, and if you want to put a put a sign or put a message on your sign out, outside your church building, put from guilt to grace. <laughs> yeah. Try that. Yeah. I gave a lesson on what you're talking about yesterday. I sure did. Same thing. All right. Well, look, we need to hear more about that lesson in yep. our overtime. Jace has just dropped the mic. Now we got to pick it up. And I knew that was going to be good. I <laughs> saved it for last. But you literally saved it for the last seconds of the podcast. Very good, Jace. You're learning. All right. So we'll uh, if you want to follow us over to the overtime, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed. We'll talk a little bit more about this. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.